Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Hey, grownups, we want to inform you that this episode of Culture Kits touches upon themes of war and the historical experiences of the Navajo Nation. While we have made every effort to present this content in an age-appropriate manner suitable for children aged five and older, we encourage you to use your personal discretion regarding its appropriateness for your child and family. As always, we are committed to providing enriching and educational experiences for our young listeners. Thank you for your understanding and support. Enjoy the show. Hello, Culture Kids. Welcome to our show. We are a family podcast dedicated to empowering a generation of kind and empathetic creators and citizens of the world. We are joined today by Mr. Justin Ahastin, who serves as the executive director for Navajo Nation. He is here for two episodes to celebrate and honor the rich history and culture of the Navajo people. Hello, hello. My name is Asher and I'm your host along with my mom, Kristen. We have two very special birthday shout outs this week. First one is for Mars, who is turning seven years old. Mars is from Long Beach, California, and he wants to travel to the Philippines someday. Happy birthday. And our second birthday shout out is for Amy Hughes in Utah. Amy is turning eight years old and Amy wants to travel to Paris someday. Well, let's hurry up and meet our guest, Mr. Justin Ahastin from the Navajo Nation. Welcome to our show. Good day, everyone. My name is Justin Ahastin, and I am the executive director for the Navajo Nation Washington office. My clans are white, born for big water. My maternal grand father was white and my paternal grandfather was Hopi. I'm glad to be on the show and I look forward to engaging with everyone. Wow, cool. What language did you speak there? That sounded very different from English or Korean. Those are the languages I know. Uh, What you just heard was my introduction in Navajo. Navajo? Like, is that Navajo language? So Navajo language is actually very, very old. It's thousands of years old, but the dialect came from the Northern Athabascans, which is a group of nomads that migrated from Asia over the land bridge and split into two different groups. So you have the Northern and the Southern Athabascans, um, and our language derives from the uh, Northern Athabascans. So, uh, but Navajo, you know, has existed for a very long time. So we have all the way dating back to the early 1700s when the Spanish first came to the United States. 
So very, very old language. Whoa, that sounds ancient. Yeah. Can you tell us more about the Navajo Nation? The Navajo Nation is the second largest Native American tribe in the United States. Um, and we also have the biggest land reservation. What is a land reservation? And what a reservation is, is just a, a homeland. So if you think about where you grew up, that's what we call home. So I work for the Navajo Nation government, which is uh, located in Arizona, but we have an, an office in Washington, D.C., which serves as an embassy, much like other countries uh, in the United States. Got it. So an embassy is an office where, in this case, Navajo representatives like Mr. Justin works to talk with the U.S. government, share Navajo culture, and help Navajo people. They all have what you call an ambassador, which represents the people in the United States. For me, I am the ambassador for the Navajo Nation, and I represent the Navajo Nation in Washington, D.C. Cool, so you're like the leader. Fascinating. So where's the Navajo Nation? Is it in America? Sure, so the Navajo Nation is a large area that's located in the southwestern part of the United States. Uh, if you've ever been to the Four Corners region, that's the corners where Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and New Mexico meet. In that area is where the Navajo Nation is, and we have all sorts of landscapes. We have deserts, we have forests, uh, and we also have grasslands. So that helps um, with our livestock, which are, you know, sheep, cows, horses, uh, different animals that can feed off of the different types of land. Um, but we're also pretty big. Uh, we're about the size of West Virginia, or 27,000 square miles, uh, give or take. That sounds huge. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And one of the most fascinating parts about the Navajo Nation, along with other indigenous communities, has what they call sovereignty. Can you explain more about this? Sure. So sovereignty is like being the boss of your own space. Yeah. It means you have the power to make your own decisions about rules or laws within your area. For the Navajo Nation, being sovereign means that we can make rules for our people on how we live and take care of our land. This helps us to have a good relationship with people that live around us, but not necessarily within our lands, to make sure that we are respected and we respect them and that we don't uh, cause any conflicts with each other. Cool. So sovereignty, again, making sure that we respect both sides, both boundaries, um, and helping preserve our way of life. Thank you for explaining this. So Asher, you know how sometimes I will say, this is a rule in our family, but it may not be the case for someone else's family? Oh yeah. Like how in our family, we only watch TV Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But some families can watch other days. Exactly. Or in our house, we have to take off our shoes before we enter. Those are just some of the rules in our family, but there may be other families around us that may not have that rule. Yeah, but when I go to my friend Hunter's house, they don't have that rule. Yep. So sovereignty is kind of like that. 
Every culture, religion, and family is different, and we all may have different rules. The most important part is to show respect and kindness and try to understand how their family may do things differently. It's a wonderful way to make people feel valued, special, and respected. Yeah, so it's important to ask if you don't know the rules. Yep, and it's always okay to ask. But why is it important to have sovereignty? Mm -hmm. Or like, why are there different rules? That is a really good question, Asher. A long time ago, when the United States first formed, they were telling tribes where they can and cannot live. They were also telling them what they can and cannot do, like speak the native language. And that has caused a lot of concern because not a lot of people speak Navajo today and not a lot of people speak their native language. So being able to use our sovereignty means that we can make rules to help preserve our culture and make sure that our language continues to thrive. Oh yeah, we learned in the Hawaii episode that language is very important to people's culture. When the language disappears, the culture disappears. No, absolutely. The Navajo language is really important because it carries exactly what you said, the culture and history of the Navajo people. It's how our elders have communicated with us. It's how our stories have been passed down. It's how our wisdom had been instilled in our younger generations. Um, and the Navajo people themselves are very resilient. Yes, I think sovereignty is a wonderful way of finding ways to work together while honoring our differences. And we are so happy today to celebrate Navajo Nation's unique culture and community and learn about their sovereignty. Can you tell us how the Navajo Nation was formed and where the people come from? You know, obviously a long time ago, even before the 1700s, the Navajo people lived in the southwestern part of the United States in what we call Dinepikeya, which is Navajo land. And we had our own language, our own culture, our own traditions. Um, and we lived in specific structures called hogans, um, but also being cliff-dwelling people, we also used to live inside the cliffs uh, of different mountains. As time went on, more people from other places started to move into this new land where the Navajo lived. And this caused some problems because these new peoples wanted to keep the land for themselves and wanted the Navajo people to leave. So they gathered a lot of the Navajo people and they uh, forced them to walk hundreds and hundreds of miles from their homeland to a place called Bosque Redondo in New Mexico. But the land they were forced to live on did not have the resources people needed to survive and also keep their cultural heritage. It was a long period of hardship for the Navajo people. But in 1868, the Navajo chiefs and the United States government signed a treaty which allowed the Navajo people to return to their homeland. And a treaty is like an agreement. Yes, exactly. I'm so glad they got to go home. Their history shows us how strong they are. Thanks, Asher. Since then, our people have grown to become the largest Native American tribe in the United States. Awesome. 
Today, we have over 400,000 Navajo people who live within the United States and 200,000 live on the Navajo Reservation in Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. Whoa, so many people. Our people continue to work to let people know that we exist. We continue to make beautiful art like rugs. Uh, we make jewelry and we continue to celebrate our ceremonies that have been passed down to us from generations. Um, and that's really kind of a brief overview of our history uh, within the Americans. I hope the Navajo Nation continues to grow and make lots of cool things for everyone to see. And to our grown-ups, if you'd like to dig deeper and learn more about the rich history of the Navajo Nation, please check out the links under our show notes. As we sat down to learn about the Navajo Nation, one particular event in history really stood out. And that was... The Navajo Code Talkers. Can you tell us more about it? Sure. So the Navajo Code Talkers were very, very important during World War II. They were a group of Navajo soldiers or Marines who would use our language to develop a code to make sure that the enemy couldn't understand what was being said so that we could carry out secret missions so that they wouldn't know what the United States was doing. And that's how we won World War II. Ooh, communicating in a secret language. Tricky, tricky. Yeah, I guess so. Can you give us an example? Our language is based off of description. So whatever we see is what we describe. So going back to World War II, to describe a tank, we compare that to what we know in our area, which is a turtle or a tortoise. So we would call tanks which means a tortoise. Um, so just, uh, you know, different descriptions based off of what we know that's familiar to us and what it resembles. Yeah, Arden does that sometimes. And Arden is Asher's baby sister. The other day, she said the paper towel roll was a bamboo stick. So cute. Yeah, I think that's very similar to what the Navajo Code Talkers did. What we see is what we describe because, you know, there are some words in Navajo that don't exist in, the, in our vocabulary. Um, so we base it off of, again, what it looks like. So, for instance, uh, I don't believe that there is a word for president, right? What we identify president is the organizational structure. And that word is just translated to leader, whoever leads a specific group of people. And for us, that's Natani, ah. because we observe that everyone responds to this one leader rather than... Uh, having specific terms uh, that identify different labels. Got it. I think I can definitely understand this. So sometimes in languages, there may be a word that cannot be translated in the same way in another language. For example, there is a word in Korean that describes a person who shows a lot of cool skills and just gives off a really cool vibe. And that word is 
Mashisa. Oh, yeah. But I have no idea how that word is translated in English. So I just describe the meaning of the word in other ways. It's a beautiful reminder that despite the diversity among cultures, we often share common experiences that unite us all. So, Mr. Ahastin, we'd love to learn about the beliefs and cultural practices that are significant to the Navajo communities. Could you share them with us? Uh, Navajo culture, you know, there's a culture of community, um, which we call eh and hojon, eh meaning kinship, and hojon meaning peace and, and harmony. So we always tried to incorporate that into our daily lives. Uh, the Navajo believe that everything in the world is connected. We think about the earth, the sky, the plants, and the animals as one big family. We also believe that there are special spirits of nature, like in the mountains, the rivers, and the wind. So to keep everything in balance, uh, we have these special ceremonies and prayers, and we believe that these ceremonies help um, everyone stay healthy, happy, to keep the harmony within the world. Mommy says that all the time. Everything is connected like plants that grow and keep us healthy. And the ocean gives us food. And the trees give us oxygen. You're right. I think this is such an important lesson that the Navajo community can teach us, to remember that everything in our world is connected and we all have to rely not just on each other, but rely on the earth to stay happy and healthy. Um, and we also have um, people uh, called medicine man or hatahi, which are healers in the Navajo ceremony, uh, in the Navajo culture. Medicine man? Like a doctor? Like daddy? Or a man that carries medicine? So if somebody were to get sick, these medicine people would go into the, the wilderness or, or within our homelands, get specific herbs or different types of medicine and they would bring them back and they would perform ceremonies to heal people. So Asher's daddy is a doctor of Western medicine, but there are many types of doctors in the world. Beyond Western medicine, there's Ayurveda from India, Eastern medicine that is practiced by doctors in countries like Korea, China, or Japan. And now we're learning about medicine men in the Navajo community. They all bring unique practices that can help people feel better. Uh, we also have stories and songs that teach important lessons about how to live in a good way, how to show respect for nature and for living things. And we also believe that uh, living on this earth, we need to respect the earth as our mother um, because she provides everything we need to survive. So for the Navajo people, our religious beliefs are really about living in harmony and respecting nature and keeping the balance in the world. Um, it's a way of living that has been passed down from our ancestors, uh, dating back hundreds, uh, even thousands of years um, to be part of the culture that we are today. I love how the community is so connected with the natural things of the world. Appreciating what the earth gives us every day is a wonderful way to feel more connected to our planet. It helps us realize the importance of taking care of it so that it stays beautiful for a long time. I love nature because I love bugs and animals. 
Mr. Ahastin, could you also share some important values Navajo families teach to their children? Yeah, Navajo families teach their children very important values like uh, being able to respect your family, respect your community, and respect the world that you live in. Uh, we believe in living in harmony with the earth and being nice to all of the creatures that it has. Uh, children learn to be kind, to be helpful to others, and to be brave and honest. Um, a lot of these teachings make sure that our way of life stays vibrant and meaningful, but also ensures that we are raising good men and women um, that will, again, pass down what they've learned to their children. Thank you so much for sharing this. These are beautiful values that every culture and family can take away from. We look forward to having you back for another episode where we'll learn more about Navajo culture, including arts and crafts, jewelry, and so much more. Mr. Ayastin, could you teach us some words in the Navajo language? Sure, I guess really being able to use it in a daily vocabulary. I think mom and dad are a good word to say. Mom in the Navajo language is shema, which means my mom. She is me. Ma is your mother. Let's try that together. Shema. And then your dad is called shje. Again, that's shje. She me. Je'e, father, my father, Shje'e. Now let's try saying this together. Shje'e. It kind of sounded like you were going up when you said it. Is that like Vietnamese or Mandarin? Or you have tones like music? Oh, and Hebrew. Yes, so we have different high tones and we have nasals and a high tone nasal. <laughs> so it's a very complex and it used to not be a written language for the longest time. Um, the written language is actually very, very new. But, you know, they're, the dialect, yes, uh, in terms of those, it would be at a higher pitch. So shema, the emphasis on the a uh, and then shje'e. Uh, emphasis on the eh. So shema for mom and for dad, it's shje'e. Thank you for being here. I hope we can visit the reservation someday. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Ahyeha and hogone. We look forward to learning more. See you again. Bye-bye. It was such a pleasure to have Mr. Ahastin here, and we will have him back for another episode to learn more about the culture and unique traditions of the Navajo community. We'll be exploring more about their artwork, jewelry, arts and crafts, and much more. So don't forget to subscribe to our channel and check out the links in our show notes to discover more about the beautiful land and people of Navajo. And as always, remember that here at Culture Kids, you and your family are welcomed, accepted, and celebrated for exactly who you are. Joke time! Can I go first? Yes. What part of a turkey is musical? What part? The drumstick. 
Yes, drumsticks. You use the drumsticks to play drums, so makes it musical. I get it. Okay, my turn. What do you call a dinosaur that crashed into a car? What? A Tyrannosaurus Rex. Get it? Tyrannosaurus Rex, like wrecks a car. But I get it. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week, and stay tuned as we have lots of more fun content coming up. We'll be learning about West African dance and drums with the African Cultural Center, and of course, Mr. Ahastine from the Navajo Nation will be back to teach us more about their culture and traditions. As always, please take a second to leave us a five-star review, and you can reach us at hello at culturekidsmedia.com for birthday shoutouts and more. If you're an educator, you can reach out to us to see how your students can involve with Culture Kids. Stay adventurous and see you next week. Bye-bye. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.